When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything's Black and White podcast. We're here for the match preview ahead of Crystal Palace. I must apologise to any listeners that are hoping to hear the dulcet tones of Andrew Musgrove. Uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with me, Aaron Stokes, as Andrew enjoys a well-deserved holiday. I'm joined here, as usual, by John Gibson to look ahead to Saturday's game. John, we've got lots to talk about uh, going into Saturday's game, but I think we've got to start with last night and the drama that we saw at yeah. Anfield. Oh, what, I mean, what a fantastic performance! What did you, what did you make of it? And what did you make of the sort of late heartache? Well, I'm I'm still trying to get over it, Aaron. To be truthful, I mean, uh, I thought it was a terrific performance from Newcastle. Uh, like a lot of fans, I was a little bit dismayed when I got the team news. I was expecting it, but nonetheless, you were you were dismayed because there was no Bruno, there was no Maxi, there was no Wilson. We were expecting that, but Shaw and Botman were left out as well. I think Shaw's been carrying for early season, so West was on, and Botman was just, uh, Byrne was given an opportunity to play where he plays. But, you know, one, two, three, four, five of our best players out, so you could say half a team. And yet, Liverpool, you're, you're not at uh, Bournemouth. Uh, so, you know, yeah, but. But the performance was absolutely terrific. I mean, Eddie has got this squad now that it doesn't matter who the personnel are, they will play the same way, pressing from the front, enthusiastic, gamble, if you like, by taking the game to them. I mean, we've just taken the game to Man City and Liverpool, for goodness sake. Once upon a time, when the Steve Bruce would have been camped in the 18-yard box and often in our six-yard box. Uh, so the, the situation has been totally different. And I think we were, first off, we were absolutely magnificent. Um, yes, putting so much into it, we were going to get tired. And it showed second off. And yes, we were going to have to make substitutes using the five. And that's where we weren't quite so strong as we might be. Because we're subs. We're actually on the pitch and starting, Aaron. You know, that was the difference, I felt. So the subs have come on. The tempo dropped a little bit, but I've got to say in finishing, I mean, Jurgen Klopp, I'm a fan, but I wasn't a fan last night. I mean, well, yeah, this this is the big talking point, isn't it? Because he was he was very sort of smug on the touchline. There was accusations that Newcastle were time-wasting. Obviously, a lot yeah. of added time added on. Um, yeah. And then we obviously saw the, saw the scuffles on the bench afterwards. Um, do you think it was sort of fair the way they lost it in, in that sense with the sort of no, seven? That it, was, it was awful. I mean, it was so undeserved. People are forgetting, I'm talking about the national um, pundits, I'm not talking about people up here. People are forgetting that all our best players weren't playing and yet we put on a performance like that. I mean, it was superb for bravery alone, for work ethic alone for commitment and being together, they didn't deserve a 98-minute winner to be scored against them. 
I felt the whole game Jurgen Klopp on the touchline looked as if his bum had been smacked the whole way through. I mean, this Mr. Wonderful guy, and I'm a fan of Jurgen's, the way Liverpool have played in the past and his personality on telly. But honestly, last night he tested me to the limits because you know what? He thinks we're Liverpool. Everybody should roll, everybody should do a Bournemouth. Newcastle mm-hmm. should come, and because of the teams out, they should do a Bournemouth. They'll get beat 9 0, and then he'll say, Oh, Parker shouldn't have been sacked. What a lovely man. What a disgrace the directors are. But all of a sudden, when we don't do that, I mean, what do they expect? Time wasting. What do they expect? It's part mm-hmm. of the game these days. If you, if they're so good, let them get rounded. And I, I felt, and then at the end, and then he's, he's chug-thumping and fists to the crowd, you'd think they'd won the European Cup. I mean, you know, good luck to them. They won in the last minute. That's what football's about. You win or lose in the last minute. We lost day one. But let us not sort of heap a lot. Liverpool this season aren't the team they've been the last few seasons. Yeah. Uh, and they expect to be that. So when the feathers are ruffled, and they've been ruffled every game by Bournemouth, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get all the quotes and all the accusations. Not a fan. I thought Newcastle were very badly done to. Awful shame. Didn't deserve it at all. And the unbeaten record's gone. But all that means is that we go on Saturday and win. Because Definitely. that's imperative now. I think, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. Klopp, you know, he's got us as Myra's. But even my mom texted me last night and said she's gone <laughs> off top after his antics on the touchline. So <laughs> Absolutely. He's lost the fan there. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head before, I think, when you talked about the manner of the performance under previous managers. You know, in the likes of Steve Bruce, these games against Liverpool away and City at home oh. just chalked off before they even started as yes. take it and move on. This team, even when, as you say, it's a second string team, five or six missing, this Eddie Howe team can now mix it with the best in the league, can't they? There's no there's no question about that. <clears throat> and, the, and the wonderful thing for me, Aaron, is... I haven't been on this beat, what, 56 years now? A bit long the truth. I'm, I'm the only guy around that actually saw Newcastle win anything when they won the first <laughs> cup in 69. Um, what we forget is this. What has happened at Newcastle with the new owners and the new coach and the complete behind the scenes with uh, Dan Ashworth and the, the new CEO, etc. This has all happened in 2022. I know the owners and, and, and Eddie come in at the end of last year, but it took them until the beginning of this year to, to get the thing organised. This has happened in such a short space of time. This time last year, we were in the middle of a run of 14 games without a single victory. And, and look at what we are now. We're getting disappointed because we're losing the 98th minute at Liverpool. I mean, the, 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 the progress made has been nothing short of sensational. And in the main, the recruitment in both January and this this uh, window has been first, first class. Um, Newcastle are on the up. I mean, it must be at least a decade and a half and probably longer since I didn't start the season worrying about relegation. Mm-hmm. And we don't think, we haven't thought of that this season. We've thought about whether we can get into Europe. This time last year, emphasis, we were going down. No side started with 14 games without a win and stayed up. 
we broke the mold last season. We were going down one year ago, and now we're talking about whether we can get into Europe. That is the change we've seen, which is quite startling. And also, by the way, wonderful and long overdue for me, say. Long overdue, definitely. And as you say, it, it is crazy to think that it hasn't even been a year since the takeover. Ah. I mean, it, it's it's been, what, 10 months? And as you say, the playing squad's improved to no end. Howe's obviously done a fantastic job. The feeling around the stadium and, and just the city as a whole has obviously just completely changed. Um, and I think, you know, last night, despite the result and the, the manner they lost it, it was a really, really positive performance, um, which they can hopefully take into Saturday. So let's move on to Palace then. We'll, we'll stop thinking could, about the Could I just mention, before we do move on to Palace, because it's quite amazing that we've gone so far and haven't mentioned it, they've got a bit of a tasty centre-forward, haven't they? Oh, I mean... I, I mean, dear, oh dear, oh dear, do me a favour. I mean, um, you know, his finishing on both goals... The one that was chalked off. The one that was chalked off, the finish was probably better than the one he scored because he was like a matador. The way he trapped inside and sent the two defenders sliding towards a dead ball line and then stuck it away. I mean, those two finishes were superb. And, I mean, that was a that's a proper goal scorer. I mean, you know, I've been brought up not just on the legends with uh, Super Mac and Shearer and War Jackie, but I've also been brought up on the Duffers. And we've had plenty of number nines who've been Duffers and shouldn't wear the shirt. So to see a proper one was wonderful. And what was good about him is he bought into the work ethic for me, Evan. It wasn't just his finishing. We needed to see that because, by Jove, that's what we're short of, finishes. But... His work off the ball, making runs, getting in behind, closing people down, trying to hold the ball up there and give us a breather. His work was terrific. He was bound to get a dead leg. He hasn't trained them. I mean, for goodness sake, he did well at the last an hour. But let us remember that as well. When all this business with Klopp, we had five players, one, two, three, four, five, off, and Isaac off after an hour, and, and therefore, we are going to suffer. It's the reserves of the reserves after that. I mean, I don't want to be cruel to anybody when we're on a big plus. But, you know, when you get Wood and Murphy coming on for the guys that go off, etc., their standard does drop. They aren't quite at the standard of what the up-and-coming Newcastle are. They, they, you know, when you get Wood replacing Isaac or Wood replacing Wilson, it's not the same. When you get Murphy, and by the way, I thought Fraser did truth. When we're standing in for first Maxi, he hasn't got Maxi's charisma finish, but he's got a lot more work rate. And oh, I mean, I'm certainly arrived six foot three and is now five foot four because of the work he does. Uh, he's, but he did graft well. Murphy with it. Um, and perhaps if we're going to be critical, and we're not, because everything's happened so terrifically, but that's, you know, for me, Wood and Murphy represent, I know Wood only come in January, but represents the old type Newcastle, yeah. where we would be grateful for that type of striker and not the new type. And eventually, in a year's time, I don't think Wood and Murphy will probably be close to this team. Uh, when we've got further time to develop it. And that's not having to go at the guys, but it's also been truthful. 
it feels like they're sort of the, as you say, we don't want to be too critical, but it does feel like they're sort of the last hangers on of this era, doesn't it? Before yes, 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 level yes. rises significantly in the squad. I, I think I would definitely agree with that. On well, Isaac, Isaac, I mean, he's got he's got style, this boy. I mean, he signed he signed off from Real Sociedad by scoring against Barcelona, and he signed on for Newcastle by scoring against Liverpool. I mean, that is not a soft touch. That's not the eighth goal in a nine nil over Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. That's quality, and uh, long may it continue. Um, I thought he stole the show because we've been waiting for somebody like him. But there was a lot of terrific performances. Dan Byrne is a left-sided central defender. He's not a left-back. He, he, he does okay there. He's done fine, I've got, because he's got a heart the size of a fine pan. But he's a left-sided Central defender. Funny enough, Botman is a left sided. It's a it's a shame because they both prefer the left side central defender. And when you saw Byrne go back there, he looked so much more comfortable and powerful than he did out on the tram lines, where he can get exposed and look a little bit like a leggy giraffe. But tucked in in the three or in the two, he he was terrific. And as I say, I thought Fraser one way. I thought Target who has been out injured and, and I think got caught against Tranmere on their first on their goal because he was short of match fitness. I thought he played so hard, terrific. This guy scores, had literally scored in every game against us. I think he played five at Anfield. I think Sarr played five and scored in all five. Didn't score last night. And and that was a lot to do with Target. I thought I thought it was terrific. But now because our, we've lost our uh, unbeaten record. We've played five games, but we've only won one. I'm not mm-hmm. complaining, by the way, because that's a draw with Man City. But the facts are, we've only won one opening day against Force. We need another three points. Yeah. And Palace is a good opportunity. A lot will depend on the way the game goes, on who's available. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it doesn't. We were terrific last night, but we did miss. Bruno, Maxi, Wilson, Sean, Bowman. We did miss them. And so, you know, it would be nice to have a couple of back. But, I mean, obviously, Wilson's not going to be back. Shaw might be. Bowman will burn. That is terrific. Bruno or Maxi, Bruno we could really do that. I suspect they won't be back. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tougher than it might have been. But we can win it. And really... We want those three points to, to bung us back up that table. Well, I feel like you've just segued perfectly to the next question that I had written down, and that was going to be to ask you about the defence. Now, we've had a very, very good start of the season defensively. As you say, last night, I thought it was a good defensive performance. Burn again, fantastic. He just hasn't put a foot wrong this season. Targets came back in and looks like he's it's back good. speed. This is the question now that I think Eddie Howe is faced with. How on earth do you fit them all into the back four when they're fit? You've obviously got Trippier right back. Oh, it's go- when they're fit, uh, it's going to be so interesting. It's untrue because he's a back four man. He's not a back five man. And that's the coward's way around your three centre-halves with Botman and Byrne, isn't it? Play them both with... Shaw, whoever, and you've got them all in. Yeah. And we did that to a certain extent by playing Burn left back. That shoe owned them all in because Target wasn't fit. But 
you would think long term we will play a four and Trippier will be right back and Target will be left back. So then you've got three into two. But this is the question. The question: Who, who, who is? Who do you feel is that two? That because for me, I think if if I'm looking at it and they're all fit, I think I would probably go Shaw and Botman. But that feels just so wrong to leave Dan Burnout after the start of the season that he's had. I I think, and I think you're right, Aaron. In as much as when everything settles down, I think that's what Eddie will go with. And the only thing that matters is not what I'll go with, but what Eddie will go with, because I don't pick the team needles. And he's not going to leave Botman out. For Botman, whose quality on the ball, etc., etc., to make him his permanent sub. Uh, but it's terrific that we've got uh, cover, etc. It's quite surprising that we signed two huge left-sided centre-halves in two successive windows and you think well you know and then burn reminded us last night and reminded eddie how by the way if you think botman's got my position automatically you've got another thing come and try to drop me now um they could play together uh botman and burn why can't two left left-sided players play together plenty right-sided players playing it too don't they? So why can't two left-sided? But I don't think it's going to be natural. And he loves Shaw. If you look, Shaw was finished here before Howe came. And yeah. he's played nine-tenths of the games when fit un under Eddie. And he's a nice balance for the other centre-half. So, yes, it's going to burn looks as though he, there will always be opportunities because of injuries. But I think he will look at Shaw and Botman in the long term. Um, and that can be terribly unfair on Byrne, but you then say, well, the unfairness come when he went when we went out and bought Botman, because Byrne say, hey, why do you need a left-sided uh, centre-half? I'm not your yeah, left-sided centre-half. But it's nice to have that sort of problem. This I mean, the other, the other side of the coin, Aaron, is the problem we had up front, where, where we had Callum Wilson never fit, uh, Chris Wood never scores goals, no centre-forward to, to, to play regularly. That was... That's a real problem. The centre-half one's a nice problem. I mean, we'll, we'll jump to Isaac then. Obviously, we've, we've touched on him so far. You know, two fantastic finishes last night. He's came in from the off and he looks like, you know, he's... I know we've only seen 60 minutes, but he looks like he's going to be the real deal. Yeah. Chris Wood must be thinking, you know, he's finally got his chance. Callum Wilson's out again. He's thinking, right, can I sort of prove myself... And, and work my way into this team. Of course, Newcastle have had to go out and sign a striker. I think we all knew that they needed another body in. It just hasn't worked out for Chris Wood, has it? And I think he's going to really struggle now for, for game time if Isaac uh, can still fit, isn't he? I mean, it hasn't. For me, and I don't want to be too harsh on the boy because I haven't got a fixation about him, but I've seen all the centre-forwards, etc., etc. For me, he's the one signing, and we've made about eight or nine uh, in January in now, he is the one sign that hasn't worked. But if you get one that doesn't work out of nine, which means you're there to have, by Jove, your average is great. Uh, there's no question about that. And our average has been sensational. He hasn't got enough for me. He's not a natural finisher. If he's going to score, really, it's going to be in the air, like he did at Tranmere. Um, he's not a, he hasn't got a good touch. He's one-paced. Um, don't give me that he's willing and um, he's honest because 
anybody for 60 grand a week ought to be willing and honest and and that's okay at non-league level but it's not okay at premier league level and and i feel bless him he's way short and you know what when i look at him closely and i think his body language tells me he knows that you know he doesn't look confident as a I think he was amazed that Newcastle paid 25 million his re release clause. There's no way you're going to turn down a move to Newcastle from Burnley. But I think he was staggered. By the way, we are all staggered, no? But I think he was staggered. And I think he looks to me as though he feels he's not quite good enough. This is not quite the place for him. Um, so it is going to be tough for him. There's no question at all. Um, He'll get on um, from time to time. There's no question about that. Um, but no, he's not, especially with Newcastle going on. If Newcastle were permanently aside going to fight relegation, he would probably fit in as he did with Burnley. But I don't think at a big-time club like this where it's going one way, which is upwards, that it's going to be Chris's bag whatsoever. We needed a centre-forward big-time. I was very concerned that we mightn't get one before tonight at 11 o'clock because we would have been struggling then for the rest of the season. Because Callum's not going to remain fit. Yeah. His body tells him that every time he goes out and plays. He's not going to remain fit. So Isaac is terrific. And if you notice the way Isaac plays as well, he'll be able to fit in with Wilson because Wilson will play the orthodox English bulldog centre forward through the middle and Isaac will run off him and use the channels and you know he he is not an out and out centre forward where you get two hammer throwers playing centre forward and they stand on each other's toes you can't play them together but Isaac's not going to be like that he would play maybe he's in place of Almiron or in place of Maxi when Maxi's had one of his wobblers um, but he will be able to play in the forward line with Wilson. I think he is the potential to be a terrific sign. Definitely, I would agree. And I think, let, let's look ahead to Saturday then. We, we, we know we've got a couple of injuries we've got. Obviously, Maxi doesn't look like he's going to be back. Bruno is also going to be a doubt. Doesn't look like they're going to be in. Then obviously, we know Shelby, Kraft and Wilson um, are, are all going to miss the game as well. It looks like there's a couple of places nailed on. We'll say Pope will start. Isaac, I think, as long as that dead leg isn't too bad, will start yes. uh, up front as well. The midfield is maybe also nailed on. It looks like Longstaff and Jolinton and Willick. Are, the three's got to really play, given that they haven't got numbers in. I've, I've I listened to the podcast you did with Andrew Musgrove a couple of weeks ago before Man City, and it was talking about Willick. How have you found the start of the season, and do you think Saturday, that midfield three, would you be happy with them starting? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question, mate, because not totally happy. I think that um, there's possibilities there. Joe Linton's nailed on. Like, I mean, normally him and Bruno's nailed on midfield. So you're talking about what's your other position going to be. Um, I mean, I, I sometimes watch, if I'm ultra-critical, I sometimes watch uh, Willock and... Long stuff, and they give the ball away, and I'm quite furious. They give the ball away cheaply, and then and then long stuff does something like the ball is stuck through for Isaac on the goal, which yeah. was absolutely terrific. Uh, I'm a bit of a biased gambler, and I, under the current circumstances, might look seriously at playing Elliot Anderson from the start against a side like like Palace. Um, 
you know, starting them at Liverpool, even though they have a dodgy midfield because of injuries at the moment, might have been a big ass home in place of one of those two, say Willock, because you would have long staff sitting and and I would be tempted, tempted to look at and say, will we start with Elliot instead of um, Joe? Um, up front, you go with Isaac, you're going to go with Almiron and Fraser if if Maxi's not there. Uh, at the back, the only decision you've got to make, your two fullbacks are nailed on. Burns nailed on, you know, you can't drop them after that one. I'm, long term, it might be Botman. But Saturday, I can't see them drop and burn. So it's do you go with Shaw alongside him, or do you stick with Lascelles, or do you gamble and put Buckman on the right side? Uh, there's only that centre half position I think to be talked about in the one position in midfield. It's a good sort of dilemma to have, isn't it? As we're saying, yeah. you know, in the space of twelve months, we've gone from Chris Wood coming in as the number one forward to being third choice. This is just the thing when the levels go up. Um, yeah. You touched there on, on Miggy. I know that you and Andrew have your back and forth. He's I think it's good much, fun. I love that. He's very much in the Miggy fan club. Um, maybe you not so much. The thing with Miggy is, you know, just for the listeners, we're recording this at, at, at half past 10 on deadline day in the morning, 12 hours to go the window. You'd think if they were going to strengthen in any position, it might be a wide player. Um, we know that they may be in the market for a loan deal or two. Miggy, is his place at risk? Has he done enough so far this season to maybe get fans back on side somewhat? I don't think his place is at risk as we sit here. I think long term, like next season or something, his position is very much at risk because when we settle down, when it's half past 11 tonight and that's us until January, things may not change too dramatically in January. They normally don't. The Hatu last January because we had to get out of relegation. But long term, I think what will go against Miggy will be his final third play, his assists, his goal scoring. Neither of those records, and he's been here three and a half years, so he's not a newcomer. Neither of those records are good enough. But where he does a wonderful job for it is sort of last night. Where, I mean, at one stage, you ran 40 yards back and tackled a bloke to, to put the ball out near our 18-yard line. Now, that's terrific. You would never get some maximum wanting to do that too often. But but that's not necessarily... You want that from a, a, a winger, but not just that. I mean, when Manchester United were in the pop and had Giggs and Beckham, they were terrific at working back towards their own goal. Not just that everybody remembers them attacking the opposition because that's their strength. But they work the other way as well. Um, now, we don't have that with Maxi, but that is Miggy's strength. But for goodness sake, call me old-fashioned. But if, if my winger's greatest strength is he's a good defender, I, I think you begin to struggle a little bit. Right? How about creating one, my friend? Um, so I, I think long-term, he will become a regular benchman or will be sold, depending on what he wants. And, but right now, he'll figure in the team because there's nobody better. That, as I said, the, the opportunity's been there for Murphy to say, hey, I should be in the, in the side ahead of these guys. He definitely hasn't took it. He's disappointed me with his cameo roles as a sub. Fraser looks as if he's up for the fight. He's thinking, 
Almirin and Maxi. Almirin doesn't do enough there. Maxi, well, Maxi's Maxi. He's either world class or he's away for a cigar and a pint. Um, so, you know, he's got a chance. And he looks as if he's challenging to try to get in the team. I think Murphy's will. I would agree with that. I think, as you say, as cameos, you know, he hasn't really set the world alight. He's very wasteful no. No. in front of goal. I would agree. Fraser, I thought last night, looked really, really good. Um, and he's definitely sort of knocking on that door if Maxi can't stay fit. Before we move on to transfers and deadline day, we'll, we'll just quickly talk about Palace um, ahead of Saturday. Mixed start of the season, you know, they they give City a bit of a scare on Saturday um, mm. before the sort of Man City and Harlem machine kicked into gear. Took a point off Liverpool um, and took a point off Brentford, beat Villa, lost to Arsenal. Not a bad start, and um, there certainly won't be any pushovers, won't there, at St James's Park on Saturday? No, they were an awkward team. Uh, they're the sort of team I don't like in opposition because if I'm going to get beaten, I want to see Man City. Not the one three three because that's about the only time I've seen Man City not able to knock the ball about it. it it will. Um, but I, if I'm going to get beat, I want to see that. I don't want to see a gritty side, spoiling side, you know, do us because they've got Zaha, who scored four and four. Or uh, Eze, the other guy. Um, you know, they, they're a difficult team. You're always suspicious when you play them. They could be spoilers. They could be party poopers. We need three points against them on Saturday, big time. And then... Come November, we need to tuck them up again up here in the League Cup and let us keep going for one of these Wembley bits. It's my bugbear because we've never bothered with that. And if we don't bother with the two domestic cups, what are we going to win out? The Premier League, not this season. Uh, so let's try to get a, a cup. It would be nice. You know, it would be nice. So we need to tuck up Palace twice. They'll make it difficult. Um Zaha's like Marmite to the fans, isn't he? Uh, across the country, you either love him or you hate him. Um, in he's not like he's not like Maxine in in style, but he's like Maxine, he'll blow hot or cold. And you know, and the trouble is, when he's hot, he's hot. Um, I mean, the goal he scored and his comeback there, Brentford was superb. Uh, whether his whole performance was, but he's got four and four, and he's a winger for goodness' sake, and he does play wide. Uh, like Saha plays wide and scores a pile of goals, though he's forgotten how to. Saha, 9-0 doesn't score and didn't score last night. Uh, um, but, you know, the, the, it's it's going to be difficult, Palace, but I'm convinced we're going to win. I think one thing you can guarantee is obviously St James's Park is going to be rocking. You know, we've been the oh. games this season. These home games have been just wonderful. For myself, obviously, and Andrew, who are, you know, sort of of the younger generation, we might not have experienced this, but the the home games that you've been to so far, how much does it remind you of that, you know, sort of glory era of the 90s? Oh, I mean, it, it yeah, it, it's like the entertainers. Uh, it's the entertainers with flags, which in those days you didn't have flags. And war flags have done terrific. They've turned this into a carnival. Um, with the help of the fans, of course, but they've turned it into a carnival and it looks terrific. And it's so vibrant again. But if you've been in jail for a decade and a half and you get out, you tend to celebrate and that's how the fans look at the way life has been and that's what they're doing. And, and this has been terrific. And it is like the old days 
more the Keegan days than the, the Robson days, although I loved them too when we finished third top, but we twice finished second top under, um, under Keegan, and they were wonderful, wonderful times. These are the same. You know, if we think about it, Andrew, um, if we think about it, I mean, in two of our last three home games, we have been magnificent against top four sides. We played Arsenal off the park in the last home game of last season and we were 3-1 up against Man City and got a draw in one of the great games we've had. In between, we beat Forest, but we beat two outstanding sides in Arsenal and Man City and that's what we're like at home now. And I think since Eddie Howe took over here in the Premier League, there's only... Uh, Liverpool and Man City, the top two in the country, it, it's beaten on home territory. Um, so I don't want Crystal Palace to enter into that and be party poopers. And under normal, if we had a full side out, I'd be sitting comfortable and just wondering if it's going to be 2 0 or 3 0. Uh, we won't have, but I honestly do believe they won't make it easy, but we will win because of the atmosphere. Because of the flags, because of the crowd, because of the way we play now, and above all, because of Isaac. The fans are going to come to see him. They're going to come with an appetite whetted by what they saw at Liverpool. They're going to give him a colossal welcome. It's going to set the tempo right from the start. And if we get at them from the kickoff, not eventually grow into the game, get at them from the kickoff, they will not like it. And they won't like it for an hour and a half, that's for certain. I think, as you say, it's just become this fortress, hasn't it, St James's Park in recent Absolutely. games? Um, it, it, it's it's incredible what sort of effect it has on the players. Just before I get your, your sort of score prediction for the game, it is deadline day, so we'll take a, a brief sort of segue into transfers. As I mentioned before, we're recording this in the morning, so there's still about 12 hours of the window to go. We know that there'll probably be a few exits in the form of the Bravcard, maybe one or two loans for the likes of Matty Longstaff. Newcastle may be looking for one or two more loan deals late in the window. John, let's just say they don't um, yes. get anything. How would you rate this summer as a transfer window overall? Well, even if we don't get anybody today, I would rate it as a, as a success because we've got a centre-forward in. Uh had Isaac not arrived, I would, have, I would have rated it not as a failure, because you can hardly say that with, with the others that's come in, but as a disappointment. It, that was I, the big thing, wasn't it? They, they oh. need, we were saying it for weeks that Wilson wasn't going to stay fit. That was the... Yeah. Obviously, we went six weeks without signing anyone, and it, the focus was just get a striker, get a striker. Because it was frightening. Because we know... I rate Calmers. I think he's a top, top, top draw striker. But I also think he's a top draw, let's get a taxi to the hospital guy as well, because he, he's, he's not going to be fit often enough. I thought he would last more than three games this year before he went out, for goodness sake, but he didn't, bless him. And and I, you know what? I honestly believe that concentrated minds of him. When, he, when we played wonderfully against Man City for a 3-3, he scored a superb goal, no blinkers on, took it brilliantly. But we woke up and he was injured. And I think Dan Ashworth, I think Eddie Howe and the board said, whoa, we've been here before. If we don't have somebody in, this is all going to evaporate. This feel-good factor is going to disappear 
because we're not going to be able to carry the team indefinitely. And when he comes back, bless him, he's not going to be here for the rest of the season. Whether mm. it's January or something, he'll go again because he does. And once you have these sort of injuries, Michael Owen in the old days with hamstrings, that's when, when he was here, once you have these sort of injuries, they recur and they recur and they recur. They don't go away. Um, and they don't go away with the summer's rest. He'd had a summer's rest and then come back pre-season and three games in, bang. Um, so if we hadn't got a centre-forward, I would have said this has been a disappointing window. Started well, tapered off. Uh, but with a centre-forward in, and didn't they go big time um, with the centre-forward, splashing £60 million alone um, is big time, regardless of how good or, or not he is. And at first impressions, he's tasty. Um but that's important. And I'll settle for what we've got. If we can put a little cherry on the top of the cake uh, later today with a with a um, loan signing for a winger or a midfielder, or even an outside chance that they'll go for a right-back as cover, and not, not for Trippier, but because of Kraft, fine. But if we don't, fine also. But well, I, was just, I was just about asked there, and you, yeah, I think you nearly sort of give it away. If if you cast a rule to sign one player a day, what position do you think they need? Great question. Great question. Great question. Um, I wouldn't pass. I would love them to sign those three a winger, a midfield player, and a right back, but they're not going to. Um, I think the right back would be me least worried because you would hope Trippier would stay fit. You've got Manquillo if you can get a, a few minutes into him, who's decent enough. Uh, and has proved it in the past to be what's a, essentially just a backup. So I, I, I would leave that alone. Um, but I would fancy a winger of a quality uh, centre midfielder with um, Shelby out. And he's becoming a, a fitness worry, isn't he? He missed the end of last season and he's, he's missed a big dollop of this. So, you know, one of those two positions would suit me fine. I don't think we're going to go and buy another 30 million man today. I mean, if we do, won't I be thrilled? But I think it'll be on loan. And I think we'll be more active today, as you've already touched on, Aaron, with people leaving, perhaps on loan. Matty Longstaff's a knocking bed. And yeah. perhaps a couple of the kids will go out on loan. But I think we'll be more the broke as a done deal. I think we'll be more likely to be doing that than incoming. But I'm satisfied. Uh, I mean, greedy, uh, you're getting out if you're not greedy. But um, if I've got to settle for what I'll settle for, I'll just concentrate on Isaac and on Saturday and be more than happy. Yeah, I think, as you say, we, we can't get too greedy. It has been a good window. They've strengthened where they need to. Um, one more loan deal, I think, would be the sort of yeah. as you say, the cherry on the cake. Back to Palace then, um, obviously you're very confident with St James's Park yes. behind them and, and obviously what we've seen so far, let's get a small prediction from you then. Because this can be anything, can't it? It, it? It's just how you start. And I mean, I would love before I did it, and this is not ducking out of it, because I'll give you one, uh, Alan, but I would love to know the team first. Yeah. Because that, that would change. Uh, I mean, I think Newcastle win anyway, but it would, might change the, the scoreline if... if Bruno and Maxi were there, etc., etc. Um, I'm. I would think I would go two 0 but I'm, I'm confident that they will win. Um, 
But it, I, I don't think Bruno or Maxi are going to be there. It's just a feeling in the water that they yeah, come it to. Doesn't, doesn't look like that either of those two are going to be involved. Um, it looks like it's going to come a bit too quick for them. And Isaac, be... Isaac might just be another hour, you know. He's got yeah. to recover from this. I'm not certain he can do 90. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go for 2-1. I think I think they will win. I think it'll be a tight game, but I think they'll just get it over the line. I, I agree. I think we'll see another hour from Isaac. We know how Eddie Howe likes to, you know, sort yeah. of slowly introduce these players. Um, but I think they'll just have enough quality. And as you say, the home stadium behind them, I think I'll go for a 2-1 win. Let's hope so anyway. Well, I, I don't mind which of those scores it is, as long as we're both right, Owen. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, thank you very much, John, as always, um, for coming uh, on the show. To our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe on your podcast provider. We'll have plenty more podcast coverage uh, once deadline day is finished and after the Palace game. So please tune in to those episodes as well. Keep up to date with everything you can on the Chronicle website. And thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys.